Welcome to the Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to market yourself online, find your tribe and grow a business doing the work you love on your terms. As a blogger, presenter and marketing mentor, I understand the ups and downs that come with putting ourselves out there and running our own show. This podcast is here to take you behind the scenes and share the strategies to help you succeed. So let's get into the show. Welcome back to another episode. And if you have not already, make sure that you are registered for my free Instagram stories challenge, where I'm going to be coaching you over five days, how to get the most out of your Instagram stories, get a bit more confident using Instagram stories, and most of all, have fun with them while driving results for your business. So to register, go to emilyosmond.com forward slash challenge and join me for five days. We're starting this week. So join me for five days to learn all about how you can use Instagram stories. Now it's time for three more of the incredible reviews that you guys have been leaving. First is Tracy from Cookie Queen and Kitchen. Tracy told me pretty much the best compliment so far in the reviews, and that's that I have a voice of velvet. So I'm not sure everyone would agree with that, but um, I loved reading that. Thank you, Tracy. Also to Claire Wood. Now, Claire is actually coming up as a guest on this podcast. So she's a great business coach. So I can't wait for you to listen to that episode and learn so much about the wisdom that Claire has to share. And also, I've got to give a shout out to Jane from Mama's Angels. And I've worked with Jane now for over a year, I think it's been, inside my online program, The Modern Marketing Collective. Jane has gone from being pretty scared of using Instagram stories, I think we can say, can't we, Jane, to killing it on stories. Now, Jane does have the best job going around. She goes into Melbourne's private hospitals and offers blow waves and massages to new mums. So go to Mama's Angels, get a gift voucher for your friend, your sister, your loved one that is soon to have a baby, and I'm sure they will be eternally grateful. So like I said, come learn with me in my free challenge as well, emilyosmond.com forward slash challenge, and I'll help you with your Instagram stories game. Alrighty, let's get into today's episode. Now, today's episode is a little different format to any episode yet, and this year I've had the pleasure of getting to know the ladies behind Build Her Collective, Grabashni Hanon, who has a Master's of Project Management, and Rebecca Morgan, who studied construction management, followed by a Master's in Entrepreneurship, plus, of course, the great team that they have behind them. Now, their business, Build Her Collective, helps women take control of the build and make the build or renovation that they're working on a rewarding experience and they do this through their incredible online webinars online courses events and private conversations and Rebecca and Krabashny have also recently launched their own podcast which is called Building with Build Her so head over and check that one out now I mentioned today's format was a little different to usual And that's because we decided that rather than sit down and record two separate chats for each other's podcasts, we were like, hmm, let's get really efficient here. And we decided to sit down just in one in-conversation style episode instead. So I hope you enjoy this format. We cover building a brand 
building a business, and of course, building. So listen in as I speak with two women that have really had a huge impact in my own entrepreneurial journey. I learned so much for them, and I'm also studying with them as well, so I can soak up all their knowledge about building in the build project that Coden and I are working on, and hopefully start construction on that one soon. So these ladies, Rebecca Krabashny, have a lot to share, and let's get into it. got a lot that we can share I think that will be of benefit hopefully for those listening that are in the interiors industry and looking at how to build their brand so first of all welcome to both of you and it's great to sit down likewise thank you and welcome to you as well (laughs) (laughs) so I guess we thought it'd be great to talk about how interior designers what's working now for them Mm -hmm. and I'll be approaching it from the marketing side of things but do you want to do a little intro about how you'll be presenting it and and I guess the approach that you can take on what you can share because you you guys are amazing at the brand side of things, but you can also talk to how interior designers can actually build a really sustainable business now. Well, I think when we were talking, we we realised that we've got the same audience in a, in a large amount of ways because really a lot of people who learn building or do the Build Her course, so we've got an online course, mm-hmm. teaches people how to build, they're struggling with that whole um, concept of being just interior designers and getting work and finding flow from that. Would you agree? Yeah, I think sometimes interior designers tend to feel like they're in this kind of little bubble. They've got their niche, but they're not sure how to really step outside of it and move into that project management role or even that development role um, if they want to. Yeah, and I think it's really important because interior designers like there's so many of them and the, the design schools are kind of and I don't know if this is overstepping <laughs> the mark but they seem to be churning out so there's a lot mm. of people hitting the market and it's how they differentiate themselves um, and I guess that's where we saw what you do is amazing teaching them the brand skills and mm. understanding how to market themselves I guess as individuals and really capitalize on their skills exactly and it's kind of the personal brand side of things and how that carries through from their branding their marketing through the homes that they actually work on. So should we make a start on the brand and the marketing side of things? Because you guys, like I said, have done such an amazing job of it. So I'll be picking your brains. A little little pat there. (laughs) I just patted Rebecca on the back. (laughs) And then it would be, I would love to hear what you can suggest and advise for people looking to make that step from, I know in my audience, there's a lot of those early stage interior designers. So what they can then do once they've got the whole brand social media side of things down what they can actually do for their business which is where you can really really help them so I've got a few points to run through and I'd love to hear your your input on these in terms of what interior designers can do now on their social media and I guess common maybe problems that I see people coming up against so the first one would be around actually be able to communicate the benefit they have for their clients whether this is for builders interior designers stylists And I I guess like we've spoken about, there's a lot of interior designers out there now and it's a very competitive space. So it's not really enough just to position yourself as an interior designer, but to actually carve out a bit of a niche around the area that you like. And I said to you just off air a little bit before that I have a member in my own membership and she lives on the coast and her specialty that she loves to work on is actually helping basically retirees. They've got beach homes and helping them convert them into beautiful 
luxurious escapes for them to go to with their family. And so for her, she can really hone in on that messaging that's a very specific target audience and then using imagery to attract more of the similar types of clients. But she was actually a bit worried about niching in on that. She said, oh, Emily, like, is that something I should do? Should I try and appeal to more people? I said, no way. You've got to really like bed down and and understand what your niche is and not be afraid to not be for everyone. Completely agree. I think there's so many problems when we kind of go, oh, we've got all of this audience and it's all over here and we can kind of we can appeal to everyone because we can work with everyone, but we don't love working with everyone, mm-hmm. right? So I I have my audience when I'm building homes and houses. Mm. Like I've got a very specific audience. It's not mm. for everyone, but it's very specific. Mm. And maybe, Kravashni, you can tell us about Builder's audience. And Well, I was actually just thinking as you were talking there, like that resonated with me on two points. First, that we've had that personal struggle ourselves with our marketing okay. and our branding. From when we first started out oh, a little over a year and a half ago, um, to where we are now, it took us about a year to actually get that clarity on where our personal niches were. So it was Rebecca developing as well and being a builder and me being a project manager. We didn't quite understand how to put that into marketing world, Okay, into the marketing talk. And then once we did, it actually made so much sense, didn't it? How did it change from when you first started? Well, it was really hard to differentiate. It's kind of like because we've got two businesses, right? So we've got the, the oh, I've got two businesses. I've got the building business, which is Baron mm-hmm. Project. So we buy and sell and develop high-end homes. Mm-hmm. And then, so I do that with my husband. And then Krabashny and I have a different business. That's Build Her Collective. And through that, we help women build, manage the building process. But really the, the interesting thing there was being able to differentiate those two businesses mm-hmm. and then what Krabashny and I separately bring to build her. Okay. Because then you were like, oh, but I don't want to build my own home as an owner-builder. Well, that's great. That project management mm-hmm. skill is really where Krabashny thrives because okay. she's managed like $80 million mm-hmm. plus projects and she that's her key capability. Mm-hmm. So being able to help people understand I'm a builder, Krabashny is a project manager, together we help cross that border. Mm-hmm. So that's inside the business as well. And that both ways get you to that end product. And that was the one thing that we found people were struggling with is they thought that they had to be an owner builder to be able to do our course. Um, But actually what we're teaching is a much broader concept is figuring out the right option for you, figuring out the right model for you and what suits you and what journey you want to take. And then you design essentially your project around that. And so when we kind of had that light bulb moment for us, it just – it made our marketing so much more simpler. Whereas at the beginning when we started the business, we thought that was confusing it. Okay. So what was, because I know as well, it takes time. And that's the thing, like having that clarity around our brand message doesn't just come from day one. I'd love to hear, like, what was your messaging when you first started? Did you have kind of something that's Yeah, so it was, well, we still actually are on the fence about we help women build because it was, is it too specific? Do they think that we're actually helping them with the, the vision and the design and the build. So it's actually much more encompassing than that. I love and that. And so was though. it too narrow? And I remember actually, Rebecca, I think you were saying to me a few months ago, you said that you realised it's really about helping women take back control of, That's the, right. yeah. of the build. And I loved that too. Yeah. And it's funny once we, and again, different phrasing, but like mm. once we got clear on it's actually taking back control and being able to control it in the way that suits you we were able to help communicate that better with other people because we help women build mm-hmm. is great, but some people think we're on the tools. Yeah. Some people think we 
just man- project manage the process for you. Some mm-hmm. people think we're a design and build. Some people think we're a builder. It's really hard to clarify mm-hmm. what we're doing because it's not something where you can say, oh, we're a hardware store. We've seen a hardware <laughs> store a thousand <laughs> times before. You're just a hardware store. Like, yeah. And I think that's the thing for interior designers as well is that we're all helping with different aspects. Some mm-hmm. interior designers are better with the soft furnishing. Other interior designers want to work with the Mm -hmm. hard furnishings. Others have that niche on the coastal. Mm. And so to clarify exactly what we do succinctly and talk to their problems and Mm. how we're going to solve it is super important. Mm. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I think, like we said, it does take time, but I think people need to be aware of they're probably not going to get much cut through if they don't. I guess, get that clarity around what their message is, who they're trying to serve and how they're exactly yeah. helping them. Even just starting somewhere, sometimes just taking that step to start somewhere and going, we can refine it and I can refine it. And Because if we were to grapple with that problem, we may never have started. <laughs> <laughs> well, You've got to take action. here like that, mm. right? So you've started something like... <laughs> you've started, we've started, and it's just about one foot in front of each other. Mm. And then I guess getting people in... I'm, I'm a big believer in this. I guess, mm. you know, we, we teach people stuff, but also mm. we learn a lot. Yeah. And I know you've said you're learning a lot yeah. all the time as well because we don't have the answers to everything. Mm. So you've got to go ask people and you've got to also hit the industry mm. and kind of see what other people are doing but then work out how you fit in that because mm. your niche is so important then. Well, I reckon that's a good transition actually just on that point into, Rebecca, I know that you've said in your own builds, you have a very clear target audience in mind. And also about, I loved actually, I attended one of your workshops and you spoke about having something in the home that people can't just put in themselves. When someone walks into a home, people now basically pre-buy your homes that you haven't even built yet. <laughs> They're like, please, I want that home that you're about to build yeah. because they know your own, like your own flavor that you put on the house, which I think is a similar thing for branding and social media. We need to have our, like find our voice over time that comes and, and we can share that and not mm. being afraid and having that confidence to do it. That's what someone's buying when they're buying an interior designer. When they sign up to an interior designer, they're signing up to all that they offer as a package. And I think we've just taken it a level further and said, well, we're going to build the home for you. Mm. And then you can buy that pre-finished product but there's there's consistency between it but there's also a value proposition there where you can't buy that again Mm. you can only buy this one home and it's going to be delivered this one way and it's now or it's never or you can wait and see what comes next and I guess that scarcity is really important to also build into your like an interior designer's got a finite amount of time Mm. right exactly so your brand needs to go across that and mm. really talk to someone into why they're going to need that property or need that service right now. And there's just a level of people out there in the market who really just want to buy a house, but they want to buy a house that they fall in love with, but that has the, the feel and the charm of all those images and pictures that I've seen in the magazines that really um, give them the sense of how they want to live in their home. And I think that's what your homes do do is that they're just so well thought through from on every level, not just how well they're styled or how well the furniture is placed in them, but the design aspects that often when they're not there get overlooked. 
And I think that's really how you inherently get that sense of light. You get that right flow, you get the right finish, but it's actually there's about 90% of the things that have happened in the back end to make that all come together really well so that when we see that image, we fall in love. Well, I guess that's what you add as an... In- I, I'm not an interior designer, I'm just a builder. I'm always envious of people that have natural style. And <laughs> Apparently you're born with it. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I went to a, a workshop and the first thing they said, because I'm like, I need to learn this. So I sat down and they're like, so we feel like interior designers and stylists are born. And I'm like, oh, I'm out. I'm tapping out. out. Yeah, i got to go home. So, <laughs> so if you're in that pocket and you can develop your own projects, then you can really add that flair mm. and start to mm. build your brand and kind of, work through that whole thing people know what to expect then you'll get that extra dollar for your projects Mm. and be able to do that successfully i guess that's really the other part of our business is teaching people how to develop for profit in a way Mm. that adds value and is i guess Mm. natural for them as well yeah in our master builders course we actually the women in there have their own niches or are looking to create their brand around their niche and some of them are like are actually really fascinating niches like we have a woman. Yeah, tell us about a couple because I think that'd be really interesting to yeah, hear. Yeah, so we have a one one lady there is looking to um, provide apartments that have been designed solely for people with disabilities who have an in-home carer, but they've been designed in a way that they're not just functional, but they're also beautiful, but they also meet those key requirements. And it's really hard to find an apartment that you can lease that has all of that in it mm. and she's also setting up a, a situation where they can lease to buy yeah. um, we have someone else who's looking to specialize in the age sort of the not quite ready to retire but looking to downsize but still needs that different that space and still wants to own their home mm. another um, one in the low tox that's right um, oh yeah the, yeah low tox environment which isn't done a lot at the mm. moment but it's an added benefit that i know a lot of people are and especially in the area that she's looking at um, working in is mm. an added bonus. I think we've got a crossover student as well, like yes. with Yolanda, <laughs> who, who we love. <laughs> and on Instagram, one, two, three, underscore, underscore Clark. Yes. Yeah. So I if believe. you go to either of our Instagrams, yes. you'll probably find, find her. <laughs> so I was actually going to bring up Yolanda because she does a great job of showing the process. And we actually spoke just before about how I guess there's perhaps a more traditional idea of an interior designer Mm -hmm. and if I think I've actually worked with some in the past before I started my own online community and education and they would only share those beautiful finished images but now there's so much value and interest and engagement Mm. that can come from actually sharing the process and then like the messy parts and what that looks like. And we wanted to bring up Yolanda because she does such a great job of it. On her Instagram highlight reels, she's got every month of the build that she's working on. And she kind of saves all the stories that she takes every day onto those highlight reels so people can kind of see the process and everything. What are your thoughts on that too? Because I know that you had maybe another flip idea on that one about sharing the process behind the build for potential buyers to see. Would you say that's always a good thing or? Not Always. I guess what you need to be careful of is understanding what people can see and what they can't see. Um, Okay, so not all the, like, (laughs) issues, like the pipes burst, help. Yeah, people need to feel secure. So I guess um, there's one side of it where you're showing people what you're doing so they feel like they can do it themselves and and they can do it, but there's Mm, a lot of invested time, so Mm. it's a value add. So 
I don't feel as confident as Yolanda with maybe taking all the photos and being as beautiful a photographer <laughs> as she is. And also there's a bit of messiness, like we're living in one of the houses we're doing at the moment and I'm like, oh, it's so that flip side. It's like I want to show you that but I'm so used to the perfect images yeah. being up there that I don't necessarily want to put this messy well, one that I've done. Stories are great for that, aren't they? Because I think your Instagram feed can be almost where you can show those beautiful <laughs> curated shots, but also bringing in some images of yourselves in there too so that people can connect with you guys as the brand, both of you ladies, but also using Instagram stories for the messy stuff or, or just where you don't want that to be permanently available for everyone to see, um, but I letting them in. But only in the stories. So I think that's something that interior designers too, I know it can be challenging for them, but to show the process, to show what they're working on. Well, I think I'm always blown away by what people are interested in. So I guess in the past I would have... It's just routine for us to take pictures off things as they're progressing on site for documentation or just, just to make sure you have a record of everything. But I'm always blown away that people actually really enjoy seeing those behind-the-scene pictures and, and how it's all coming together. And I think when you can group that with a teaching point or something that – what I think Yolanda does really well is what she's learned – from the community is that she's sharing that, you know, with the wider community. So there are all these people who are who are seeing the images and then learning something and it's it's quite rewarding to hear and see something that we've put out there that's kind of influencing a whole nother sweep of people. I think it's kind of fascinating. And I don't think you're jeopardising your market either no. because you've got the people that want to buy a finished house and then you've got the people that want to go through the process. Yeah. Mm. So to build a community of people that help you help each other is is really amazing and not be scared of competition because Mm. we're not in competition if you can get your value proposition clear and if you can understand your market then you're not in competition with anyone else who's also an interior designer or also a developer or also a builder in the same area we're all doing it together and i think not feeling fearful Mm, about that or feeling threatened is really important because then Mm. we can all grow together and all help each other and I think that's really one of the bits that I enjoy most. Well, I think so. And I think, you know, what tends to scare people sometimes to put themselves out there is that fear of being judged. Absolutely. And that's probably one of the major things that I see with my own students too around putting themselves on their social media mm. or doing their first Instagram story where they're speaking to camera or even doing a live video because they're worried about what people are going to think. But what I say, and I'd be interested to hear what you say too, but it's not actually about you. It's about what you are giving to your audience but also you're not building your business for anyone that actually is going to judge you around like mm. what you're doing. You're not building your business for them. But it's like niching, right? So the mm. person who connects with you wants to work with you. Eventually yeah. they're going to meet you if they want an interior yeah. designer, but better to have that person understand who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually find that a lot of interior design accounts are very impersonal because they are just those finished images, there's no real sense of the personality or the values or the person behind the brand. And that's what I'm really big on in teaching my own students and a lot of them are interior designers around actually bringing themselves into the brand. And I think as well, look at what big Instagrams are doing or big businesses are doing, but often they're a little bit behind the trend. Yeah, well, and I was just going to add like we're exactly in sync with each other, which is fantastic because we also teach to find the right person. When you're hiring anyone, whether it's an interior designer, a stylist, an architect or a drafty, it's the right value fit for you. So when we go through with our builders, we're really teaching them how to identify their values so that can find people down the supply chain that match those values so that they're actually having a great experience 
in their projects as much as the end product. Well, which goes to the only way you would know that is if you can see it on the story notes and you can really understand where that person's coming from. So mm. I think that's where the impersonal account doesn't show you anything like no, that. It shows yeah. you. And I've switched off from them now. I'm kind yeah. of like, it's not really giving me much as a, as a I guess, a viewer of the yeah. <laughs> as a consumer. Who, who was it? Someone did one. I remember you mentioned it to me maybe a year ago and they had this beautiful image and then they did something where they're like, and this is what it really looks like behind me. Yeah, Yay, I, love <laughs> I love that. I think Bee did that as well recently. Yeah. She showed um, the shot that would be in like, oh, the local yeah. project or the magazine cover, yeah. and then she took a video and showed you in the sink <laughs> and behind the bench, and it was just stuff <laughs> everywhere. But you know, that's really it's funny relatable. and it's nice to see that because yeah. everyone's life is slightly chaotic. Yeah, and I also think it helps because there is a little bit of a um, perception out there about interior designers too. When you see a brand and there isn't really a face behind the brand, it can feel a little bit intimidating. Yeah, yeah. it's completely intimidating. Absolutely. Because you think, oh, like maybe I can't afford them. Maybe my taste isn't like as good as what theirs is. Or maybe my house isn't good enough for them. So if you can actually feel connected with the person behind it and see that their life isn't perfect, their house might not be perfect. I think that helps as well for people to, to yeah. want to work with you. I think there's different levels as well. So mm. interior designers seem to have like there's these top-end interior designers and they're probably not attainable for most people to work with. They're, they're what I'd call a classical interior yeah. designer. Mm. And then you've got a whole heap of people that are maybe don't have the branding or the name that those top-ends or the practices mm. and they're the people that, that you're probably more able to afford, more able to approach and work with and get that kind of connection with. And for those type of people, it's breaking through with personality as well. Mm. The reason why those top end ones are a bit more like that is because they've already done that work. Yeah. They've got yep. their personality. They've got their design style and people are going mm. to them because they know what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Whereas at the other end or people who are starting out, they're not established. So how do you establish when you're designing for someone in your mm. own style? You either do your own project yep. or you try and work with people and get those images, but that can take a lot of time, right? Mm. And you don't always have full control. So talk to us because this is where you you two really specialise in helping women actually go on to create their own projects. What's kind of like the starting point, would you say, or why is this something that you believe in so strongly? Well, I guess that we believe, you know, that anyone really can do it with the right tools. And we say that a lot, but particularly we have the Build Her course, but we also have the Inner Circle. And the Inner Circle is really this place where women who want to develop for profit who want to do their own projects can really be encouraged and supported in a really non-threatening non-competitive way and I think Rebecca spoke about it a little bit earlier in this non-competitiveness because what we find in the in the market in the development market is it's so competitive and it's so cutthroat and it's about doing it cheaper doing the same thing doing the same product faster and cheaper each time to maximize your your profit but our theory is really the opposite of that it's about building brands and creating value and creating beautiful homes in our communities and really being part of the you know the larger built environment in a really positive and rewarding way yeah I mean I think a lot of men do the developments and I know that not to Mm. you know like not to knock that but I think there's as women we come at it in a really different way because We've got this kind of sense of feminine energy and the way we want to live in a house. And it sounds mm. a bit, but I feel like... No, I totally agree. Not at all. Because you can feel when you walk into a house, 
Yeah, yeah and that connection is instantaneous. So by the time someone gets to the kitchen, mm. they really need to be packing away their utensils and <laughs> <laughs> working out where they're going to live. And if you can nail that, then you've got the buyer. So what we find is that the buyer is generally a woman. And mm. so I... I guess I sell over $3 million houses. So we're high-end, high-ticket, high-stakes. But what we're doing is creating something that emotionally connects to a woman and then we're teaching people how you can get that top dollar and not only how mm. I do it but how a whole heap of pe different people do it. So, like, we've mm. got um, Zephyr and Stone on and we, we show how they do the development because they're doing it slightly differently. And then we mm. have, like, Neil from Future Flip and we talk about how he's doing it and how he's built. And it's funny because all of these people mm. have their own brand and their own mm -hmm. brand story, which shows what you're going to get and their followers buy into what they're going to buy. And so if you can see that and you can see the numbers mm. behind it, then it takes that fear out of it, right? Because we yeah. know that, you know, you're an interior designer, right? So mm. you've got that innate skill and that that way you come to something so if you can just learn the numbers and the way to mm, how the to way to do the project together. how to do the feasibility and we share that and everyone has been so generous sharing their actual numbers mm. then it's a community where we can all grow so there's a couple of other points that i want to talk about and one of them i want to pick up from a little bit earlier where you talked about when you build a home and also that an interior designer has only got limited number of hours. So if someone wants to book them, they have to get in and it's that sense of urgency. And it's a similar thing that I teach with marketing in terms of a lot of people use their social media just to post images. And we've already talked about sharing a bit of a story behind their sharing, maybe um, what the brief was, what's like actually in the photo and how that came about, but also about having a call to action in a post too. And that's what I see a lot of people miss out so that they're sharing their photo, but there's no, it's like a dead end post. It's just sharing maybe a little description about the photo. They're not telling their audience what to do next. Um, so for me and what I teach is always having a call to action and whether that's something that's on the post actually asking people to engage. So it might be something like, does anyone else like feel like this? Or do you agree? Do you disagree? One of the call to actions is around engagement on the post, which is super important to get engagement because that's how more people are gonna see your post on Instagram. But then the other one is actually being smart about what you're trying to achieve as a business owner and as an interior designer or someone in that space mm. when you're using social media. Because if you aren't actually driving people to the next stage in working with you, then it can be a lot of time that you're spending without seeing much return. And I loved what you talked about around having that sense of urgency. And I also call it having an irresistible offer, whatever that looks like for different people, whatever their business might be, but making sure that in your Instagram post, you've got that call to action, which might say something like, Hey, I've only got like one more spot this year to take on a project. So if you're interested, book in a chat with me and come and talk. Mm. Like it's like we don't mm. want to put ourselves out there because we don't want people to feel like we're selling to them. Mm. Well, do why? you have a business? Or do you know, yeah. well, that's it. Are you, are you doing this for fun or do you have a business? And it, I, I get that because I feel mm. it sometimes too. I'm like, mm. oh, we put something at the bottom of that and said come watch our webinar. But I know if people watch our webinar – they're going to learn so much good yeah. stuff and they're going to really identify a lot of those key mm. questions that they're asking. And that's why we've created the webinar because mm. we're continually telling people the same things. Exactly. And I know you've got a webinar for the same thing. Mm -hmm. So being able to get people to engage mm. and go to that next step or get them to book in a consult call or to do something, it doesn't have to be a hard mm. sell, but just something to say, hey guys, 
There's more. There's more. And people want permission to be able to contact you. Yeah. Do you find that? Yeah. And I think as well, I know if you have an offline business, it's probably looking at that welcome call, but it could be joining, like signing up to an opt-in that people have. So whether that's a some freebie that they've created that's full of value, people can then sign up for that. And then it might be looking like, and this is what I teach in my membership, having that beautiful welcome sequence. So people actually get introduced to you, your values, mm. your brand, you can share some great case studies, and then you can make an offer to them. Make that irresistible offer that you've only got a few spots left for the months ahead book in now to have that chat with you or whether it's with both of us we also have online courses so it's like you know join the course and you're going to get these great bonuses if you join now but I think that's also a missing part for a lot of interior designers is that they maybe don't have that system in place is that something that you've found as well? Oh I think you actually touch on it really well Emily because what you're kind of teaching people is that the critical analysis of what they're doing so when they're putting up a picture, they're going, why am I doing it? What's the purpose? Yeah. Purpose in, behind every yeah, post. Yeah, what's the purpose? And I think that's one mm. of the things we often forget to do because we kind of get taken away with the beautiful picture and we get taken away with all the things that had to happen in the background to make it so perfect. And we actually forget the end objective. Yes. So I think that's really poignant advice because – even we forget to do it occasionally. I've seen a couple of ladies that have this amazing Instagram account. They've got tens of thousands of followers, but they are struggling with actually monetizing because they don't use those call to actions. They don't really have that clarity around what they're offering next for their audience. Yeah. So I think that's yeah a key thing for people to think about. Because really mm. it's about helping people. Like that's what we do. That's what you do. That's what we do. Exactly. Like that's why we're in business. And that's why an interior designer's in business too, mm. to help people. But... Is it fear that people are going to not take that next step or they're going to opt out? Because if people opt out, that's fine. They're just not yeah. your perfect fit. Or is it fear that too many people are going to opt out? <laughs> <laughs> but that's another one too. Like some people fear their own success almost yeah. and self-sabotage. Not everyone's going to sign up for it. Not everyone's going to book the call. So just knowing that and knowing that you might get one in 100 people and that's fine. Mm. That's, you know, that's okay because that's mm. that one person, if you can find your perfect client, but also you start to have that conversation with the perfect client as well and they start to understand who you are. So mm. that person that then takes the next step and books in. But so often, and we've been like this as well, like there has been for a very long time no way to buy from us. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> like number one like, issue right there. <laughs> so you would have to call us on a good day yeah. where I would have a chat to you and tell you about what we offer and you can buy like mm. that. Now we've actually got it online and you yeah. can go to the yeah. page and sign mm. up. But it that was a big, that was a big year to get there. It's amazing that so many people mm. called us and yeah. signed up. If there are any builders out there listening, like, how did you ever become a builder? <laughs> Let us know because we've got no idea. <laughs> so something else that I was keen to ask you ladies about is that you are, you've only had your business 18 months or something like yeah. that, a bit over a year. Yeah. And Coming um, up to our second B-Day. <laughs> Earlier this year, you ran a talk fest. So Yay. an online kind of seminar, I was involved in that, which is really, really fun. And I think you had the idea to do it and then you – kind of um, tasked Lisa who's sitting here on the audio <laughs> with making it happen and I wanted to ask you around I don't know how do you do that how do you just take an idea implement take action and be okay that it might things might go wrong is that something that you've always is that just your natural personalities I think it actually comes from our project management experience and our background in pulling things together so you know when we decide to do something we do generally just figure out how to pull it together because our backgrounds are breaking things down 
into sort of manageable bite-sized pieces and putting it into tasks and coordinating the people that we need to pull that together. So it's no different from really pulling a building together to pulling something like Talkfest off. It all will come together if you can map it out. Everything is figureoutable. Mm. We reckon, I reckon there's probably a, a dozen of things we could have improved in, in the first Iteration of Talkfest, but it doesn't really matter. No, no, and we get so hung up on making things perfect before we put it out there. And I know you, like you, do the same thing. You deliver all the time, and you're oh, they're they're always perfect. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I send emails, got the wrong link. I'm like, oh, crap, no one could buy from me. That's we the wrong link. That. <laughs> but it's okay because it's just about doing that. You know, I we we sent out an email series in the last couple of weeks, which we thought we had right. We had someone help us do it. And it went out and people were clicking through and I got some really bad feedback to that. To be honest, Mm. I got some people who were really angry with me and I didn't mean to offend anyone. Mm. It just wasn't right. But do you know what else? Mm. We got some really good phone calls Mm. and we got some customers sign up from it Mm. and quite a lot actually. And so in amongst that kind of craziness of this has gone wrong, Mm. it's also gone right. And so I can hide Mm. and cry under the covers and, you know, like negative Feedback always hurts. Oh, yeah. And we can always improve on that. Or we can just go, okay, well, let's make sure we fix the links Mm. next time. Things are going to go wrong no matter how long you spend trying to perfect it anyway. So you'd rather do it and then learn and then keep iterating to make it better. And there's so many different parts of tech that have to integrate with each other. It's actually crazy. Do you know what the thing is? We're good at building. Like you're Mm. good at coaching. Like (laughs) we're good at what we're good at and then we've got to put these systems around us Mm. and it's maybe not our core strength. So how do you do that? You get mentors Mm -hmm. in to help you with the bits that you don't know Mm -hmm. and then you, you outsource the bits that you just can't learn. Yeah. And you... Or that's going to take you you way too much time that's not even worth you doing it. Yeah, exactly. Actually, that's something that I think we learned a little bit early on. We So we a part of different business groups and different business groups teach different strategies. And something that we realized early on because we're a partnership is how lucky we are to be two people because we were in a lot of groups with where it was just the one person trying to start their own business and it was a hard slog for them because there was so much to do. Whereas we could really go, right, well, you deal with that and I'll deal with this and get there twice as fast, would you think? Yeah. 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 But But we have each other to sounds are quite good for that Yeah, if you're building Mm. a house. Like you don't both need to be across everything. Yeah. Like one of you is naturally going to drive this process, one drive that process, but you've got to give each other permission Mm. to make mistakes on the way and permission to take ownership of those decisions. So I take one side of the business, Kravashini takes another. If something doesn't work out right, well, it's not intent. Yeah. It just is. And if you're a single person, then get yourself with a group of people that are doing Mm. it so you've got that leverage and that support. Mm. And invest in learning as well. That's something one of my biggest expenses for my business (laughs) is the professional development and the learning. Yeah, and I thought it was probably the same for you too. In fact, even if there are any interior designers out there listening for us today, if you've got someone, a partner who's interested in that part that you're not interested in, take leverage of that and use it. It's actually, it's such a blessing to have someone that you can lean on that is that other part of your brain because we often spend a lot of time um, worrying and a lot of energy worrying about the things we don't know how to do or the things that are overwhelming whereas we but can also we're energy. not like we're not expected to know that if we've never done yeah. it before we're not expected to know that and that's the other thing I think yeah. people can feel a little bit concerned or worried or embarrassed or intimidated by not knowing things but 
you're not going to know if you've never done it before. So it's totally fine. You can ask. And if you're a part of a community, then you can just put your hand Mm -hmm. up and say, hey, guys, I need help with this. Hey, guys, you know, like this wasn't working. And and I feel like that's okay. Every time, I mean, I've done that in many business groups and we've done that with you. Like, how do we do Mm. this? I mean, for example, this podcast. (laughs) How do we do a podcast, Emily? We want to do a podcast. <laughs> like, I don't know. I outsource it all. So. <laughs> My magic lady does it. We know how to do half of it, but we don't know how to do the other half. <laughs> so I would love to hear a um, couple of things to finish up on. One, what are you working on now? What's kind of the big focus that's going on with you guys? And then secondly, what would you tell yourselves? Wind back pre-business selves, which is quite like oh, you've right. had businesses before this that you've been working on. So... What, what would you say, first of all, what, what's something big you're working on at the minute that maybe you can share with us? Well, the inner circle. Well, let's put it like this. When I started developing, I had such trouble getting mm. people to buy in and kind of getting the right resources, understanding what the numbers would be, understanding how to deliver my project. And I really wanted to see behind the scenes with other builders and other people in the industry. Because mm. this feels quite secretive. Yeah, it it is secretive and no one wants to share their secret source because they're worried about being in competition Mm. and that's just not the way we roll. So we created (laughs) these. (laughs) No, right. So professional. (laughs) (laughs) We created this so people could band together and see behind the scenes on everything and I've learnt so much by interviewing people Mm. and being able to understand what is behind the scenes. So what it is, is it's an interview with someone who's developing Mm -hmm. or an aspect of building. We then break that down and give you some key deliverables and teachables from that. We then look at the numbers, how that affects the feasibility and the numbers. So you can go out and do it yourself. And then we have a QA and a at the end. So we deliver that once per month and really show you how to do different types of development along the way. So that's what I'm super excited about. Plus it's got a community, plus it's got, you know, super access to buying power because we've obviously, we, we've got a buying group of women all, all buying right. so and cool. agreements with different suppliers. So that that's really what we're working on. Yeah, and I think with the developers in a circle as well, there's no one strategy for developing for profit. There are lots of different strategies out there. and That's good uh, to know because it's yeah. probably... I reckon from kind of an outsider perspective, it feels like, oh, there's one, like, I guess you can sometimes be sold by hearing different people, oh, you've You've got got to have this this. exact kind of process to make it work. That's right. And I think having the experience and done a whole lot of different types of projects, we can break it down and bring to you a whole suite of different strategies because there's going to be the right one for you. And it's not just about doing one thing that everyone else is doing. So could you tell me, looking back now, is there something you would have done different or what would you tell your pre-business yeah, self? I would say that often we kind of do that thing where we're like, oh, if I just get to this point, mm. then I'll be able to invest, yeah? Mm. Or if I just got here. Mm. And it's like we, we try and make ourselves figure everything out before we'll mm. get someone to help us figure it out. Mm. Do you find that? Well, I think we tend to overthink things sometimes. Have you ever been in the fetal position on the floor? <laughs> Because I have one. Really? <laughs> no, oh, I've been really upset about a webinar going wrong. And oh. I'm ridiculously optimistic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in fact, who calls me? Oh, um, I know a colleague regu- of mine called me recklessly optimistic. Oh. So I have taken that on board. And I agree wholeheartedly. Karashni oh. is recklessly optimistic oh, when it comes to traffic. Oh. <laughs> 
you know, but it does, I, I think sometimes it does like not affect me, but there's some areas I'm like way too realistic and, and almost too critical and other areas where I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. No, no, yeah. that will work But out. I would say in terms of developing projects, you're really critical. You're really, yeah. you know, you're building yeah. a lot of buffers and you make that happen. Have I to want be. to flip that question. Though. Oh, oh, <laughs> what are you working boom, 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 on? Oh, what am I working on? Yeah. And we're going to back that okay. up with. Oh. We want to hear about the fetal position. No, <laughs> yeah. God, no. <laughs> What I'm working on, you guys know I have the Modern Marketing Collective, which I launched about a year ago now, and I just love running it. I have women from across Australia in there. I have a lot of interior designers, a lot of sole traders, and I help them really to understand how to market themselves online. And we focus a lot on Instagram because it is super powerful to build your brand. But then I'm all all about having that sales strategy too. So you're not just, I'm not about building followers. I'm about actually building your brand and then knowing where to take people to grow your business. I love that because it's like the whole thing. It's more a holistic approach. And I had um, one of my ladies, Naomi actually, and she joined the Modern Marketing Collective as one of the first members she emailed me the other day and she told me that she had had a 35 percent increase in revenue so those kind of changes are just yeah that's amazing. amazing i mean i think something that we've struggled with is you get people who work in these niches and it's either marketing or it's sales mm. and i think what you've put together been marketing and the sales end you can't have one without the other yeah it was really frustrating for us wasn't it because we wanted the full picture yeah. Yeah. wow got me ladies so now <laughs> Um, so that's what I'm focusing on. And um, I have a wait list at the minute. Doors are closed. So people can go to emilyosman.com forward slash wait list and emilyosman.com forward slash free to get lots of freebies too. So, and where can we go to find out more about you ladies? Oh, no. Hang on a minute before we oh, jump to that oh, question. Sorry, oh, sorry. You're going to tell us oh, about God, the fetal position. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> fetal position was back in fairly early days of business some files were sent to a client that oh. were going to a big print production. They'd been sent off, ready to go to print. And then my designer emailed me and was like, oh, Emily, I sent you the wrong files. Oh. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this could cost like thousands of dollars for this client. Anyway, I rang the printer straight away and he was like, oh no, all good. We're going to put it on the Savo. So I'd gone from like fetal position, like this is going to, I'm gonna have to be out of pocket probably like oh thousands of dollars were terrible for this client to him oh he was just he's I was like I love you thank you this is the <laughs> best <laughs> but anyway that we got through that situation <laughs> I mean there's actually probably a whole nother podcast just on like past mistakes oh, <laughs> oh look we've had some too yeah and tell us where to go yeah, for yeah. you guys because we did find out Lisa is um ever helpful she let yeah, us know as well the best link <laughs> So go to buildhercollective.com.au forward slash freebies and check out our freebie page. We have a whole lot of great stuff on there. So freebies, F-R-E-E-B-I-E-S. Mm-hmm. There's a webinar, there's downloadables, there's mm-hmm. really good stuff to get you started on actually tangibly being able to build, but also sometimes knowing whether what the right thing is to do. Um, you can also book a free consult with us. We do free 20-minute consults. Fabulous. Um, they're generally with me and you can jump on the phone and say I've got this house or I'm looking at this what would you do here or would I be a good fit here or mm-hmm. or whatever you want our aim is just to get you one step closer mm-hmm. in that consult and I think that's really a bit of gold a bit of gold mm-hmm. yes like gold. <laughs> <laughs> well Krabashni Rebecca thanks for sitting down it was great to kind of do this I think as one podcast that we decided yeah. to do literally as we sat down we're like probably don't need to record two different ones so yeah, hopefully there's a lot of synergies between yeah. what you do and what yeah. we do and how we all work together so mm. 
start of a good collaboration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely um, amazing speaking to you today, Emily. Like, thank you for taking the time to chat to us and sharing all your valuable insights into online marketing for any um, interior designers out there in the inner circle. My pleasure. Speak to you guys soon. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Emily Osmond Show, brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media, and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.